Harp and Bowl uh, will be Saturday night. Fount and Linda will be here. Uh, don't know what role they may take or what the Holy Spirit will do, but I know this, it will be good. Amen. And I'm looking forward to it. I missed the last one. We were, we were away. And, uh, you know, I just want to be in on whatever God's doing. It's essential in this hour. I will say, you know, you just keep paying attention. There's a lot that's going to be coming down the pike here. Uh, we've been asked to host a prophetic conference here uh, in June. I don't have all the final details yet. We're just going to be the host church. It may require a few things of us. But uh, the majority of it will be on the presenter, the sponsor. And I anticipate there's going to be more things like that. Uh, I'm in discussion about a worship event for Worcester. It's about time uh, Worcester had a, had a regional worship time to honor the name of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm working on that. It's in the infancy stages. So please be in prayer. You know, anytime you, you want to gather other churches together, it's like, man, the resistance is like tangible. You can feel it in the air. So please be in prayer about these two things that will be coming down the road. Uh, I think the kids are dismissed already, so we're good on that. Now the rest of God's kids turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. I'm excited for what the Lord's been speaking to me. Uh, it's been more than a month now, and I'll share a little bit more about that. Uh, but first, the word of the Lord, Hebrews 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets, in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world and he is the radiance of his glory the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is our Jesus that we're talking about here. And he's talking about his relationship with the Father in this little short portion of scripture. Well, more than a month ago, Holy Spirit began to speak to me and turn my attention. I hope you know he's always speaking to me. <laughs> but he was speaking to me about the phrase, all things. He began to drop that phrase in my path repeatedly. 
in the last month, and he's continuing to do so. Initially, uh, he pointed me to 1 Corinthians 3, 21 to 23, which is not what I'm preaching out of today, but I hope that's where we're going, otherwise I'll pull it up. So then, let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you. There it is, all things. Whether Paul, Apollo, Cephas, or the world, or life or death, or things present, things to come, all things belong to you. He's talking about the believers, the sons and daughters of the Most High. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. And I believe I'll be preaching out of those verses one of these days, but not this morning. But that's where it all started about the phrase, all things. And then, uh, this Thursday night in, in corporate prayer, he gave me a vision. And what I saw was I don't know what it was exactly, but something was dropped from above and it, it dropped in a pool of water. And you know what happens when something drops in, in the water. It begins a ripple effect of uh, going out from the center. Pay attention, from the center. That's what the Lord was showing me. Concentric circles moving out from the point or the center where it hit. And I heard all things find reference and meaning in him, Jesus. All things find reference and meaning in our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, as I said, I've been particularly groggy I can laugh about it a little bit, but we have a, my daughter has a frisky little rabbit named Stormy. And that bugger has been keeping me awake at night. <laughs> Especially when Kathy and Rachel were away this weekend. I mean, he was like out of control. I'll stop right there. So even since I was particularly groggy, as I've, as I've said, from being really like three or four nights of disturbed sleep, I was going to, I made up my mind I was going to just sit before the Lord until he spoke. And that's a good thing. Amen. Just relax, even in my stupor, if you will. I, I was just going to not give up until the Lord spoke more and gave me more direction about this all things. And as I did, Holy Spirit, as he always does and always is faithful, he, he began to bring clarity. Uh, and I, I heard or remembered a line from a song, my hope is built on nothing less. And of course, that's from the solid rock 
Jesus and his righteousness. Uh, don't need any more music. Thank you. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. His oath, his covenant, his blood support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. And so forth. You know, you don't know, but most of the time when a hymn like this or a song like this is written, it's because the author is going through something very challenging. And the Holy Spirit rises up within them and, and says, I'm going to worship him in spite of my circumstances. And my friends, that is the challenge in these days. You all have your own set of challenges, but your testimony must be my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and the cross. That's the title of my message this morning. And I will say, this is only an introduction. I feel like uh, the Holy Spirit has given me a wealth of uh, additional, so even if I don't finish this this morning, uh, stay tuned, because more is on the horizon about all things. But even in these uh, three verses, I've identified five things. Number one, he's heir of all things. From verse one, he's heir of all things. Um, excuse me, verse 2. He was appointed heir of all things. I told you I'm still groggy. Bear with me. When, when you know you're in relationship with the heir, not A-I-R, but H-E-I-R, when you know you're in relationship with the heir, And, and, and when you know and you are in relationship, you are a beneficiary of all things that the heir possesses. Are you hearing this? So when you're in relationship with Jesus, you automatically become an heir of all things that he has. Amen? And he makes available to you and I everything that you need when you need it. And that's what, uh, you know, when I hear that song, uh, He Came, it's talking about Lazarus, but what I hear in that song is 
resurrection life is available to me whenever I need it. It doesn't have to be at death, but it usually is associated with a dying right here in my life. But it's available to me because of him. You gain access to all things when you access and exercise your faith. What seems to be out of reach, which seems like it can't happen, when you step out of your flesh, when you put fear in the background and enter into the realm of faith, it opens up God's provision for you every single time because you are an heir and you're in relationship with him. Romans 8, 16 to 18. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and if children, heirs also. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with who? With Jesus himself. If indeed we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. And see, oftentimes we like to read about the glorious stuff. But that end of that verse says there's a cost to possessing your inheritance. It's the work of the cross in my life and in your life. And not just that, it's submitting to that process of the work of the cross in your life. John 3:35 The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand, in, into the air, Jesus. All things. James 1, 2-4 talks about us becoming perfect and lacking nothing. But how are we going to get that? Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And that word complete actually is talking about you maturing in your faith, maturing in your walk with Christ. And if we're not maturing, then we're backsliding, quite honestly. If we're not growing in the things of God and growing deeper in our relationship with him, then we're actually sliding backwards. So we need to live and walk in faith so that we can possess our inheritance. What is due you as, as a joint heir or a fellow heir with Christ? Secondly, number two, he's the creator of all things. Verse two, through whom the world was made. I would say it this way, he, Jesus, the Word, spoke. And when he spoke, it came into being 
And since you and I are like him, since we possess the very image of God when we're born again, even if we're not born again, we have the image, but it's unredeemed. Um, so since you are like him, having his nature and spirit, you too are empowered to speak and change your world. Ah, yeah, here it is. This is where the difficulty arises. That's why it says we walk by faith, not by, because your eyes will deceive you. In fact, your eyes will make you lose hope because you don't see the answer. But when, when you turn to Christ in faith, now you've got a new set of vision, new spectacles, and you can see things like he sees them. Amen? And so you speak, and you have the power to change your, the atmosphere because wherever you go, the Holy Spirit goes, and you have the very authority of Christ. Romans 4.17, God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. That's this concept here. The Amplified says, who gives life to the dead and speaks of non-existent things that he has foretold or he has promised as if they already existed. And what it's referring to there is Genesis 17, 5, when God is talking to then, uh, I won't get it mixed up, Abram, and he says, um, your name's not going to be, from this time forward, your name's no longer Abram, exalted father. It's Abraham. I pronounce you Abraham, the father of many nations. And this was when Sarah was barren and they had not any hope of an heir. Hello. No hope. I don't know, but I don't know anybody in their 90s that's having children these days, do you? <laughs> and the same was true then. They had no hope. But God spoke, and hope and life was birthed. So that's what the, the concept I'm talking about here that you and I also have within our power. Hebrews 11.3. By faith, we understand that the world or the ages were prepared before the Word of God or by the Word of God so that what, what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. God's word is creative. It's always creative. You have to look at it that way. So when you exercise your given authority and allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and you can say things that people might say, huh? You said, what? What is going to happen? 
But when it's under the influence, anybody like to be under the influence? I'm talking Holy Spirit influence now. Gotcha. When you're under the influence, things happen. But you have to step out into the realm of faith for that to happen, for things to be set in motion. And, and I believe this is what you and I are called to do, to step into the realm of faith, exercise our authority as blood-bought believers, and proclaim, declare, and decree freedom, healing, deliverance, you fill in the blank, in Jesus' name. Not in my name. <laughs> I mean, it's a good name, but in, in Jesus' name to proclaim and decree these things. You understand? You have to exercise that authority and the power that's in the name of Jesus. So we need to put action to words and words to action because according to Mark 9:23 all things are possible to him who believes there's that there's that phrase again all things are possible to him who believes are you starting to get a sense here of how Holy Spirit is going to teach us and where he's going to take us with these two little words, all things. My hope and my faith are built on nothing less than Jesus and the cross. That's it. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Number three. He's the radiance, light, and life of all things says there in verse 3, he is the radiance or brightness, or he shines with the Father's glory. He is the exact representation of his, the Father's, nature. Oh my goodness. I mean, do you ever wonder what heaven's going to be like? You're going to need sunglasses? Get it? S-O-N? <laughs> it's going to be so bright, but you're going to need sunglasses to take everything in that you're going to see. John 14, 9 to 10, Jesus speaking. And these are to people who should have known him, who lived with him, walked with him. He says, they say, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus' response is, he who has seen me has seen the Father. He speaks and acts as Father does, in other words. And verse 10 there in John 14, the Father abiding in me does his works. And, I mean, that's what we should not strive to do, but desire to do. Um, ask Father, what are you doing today? That's why some Sundays I don't preach. 
because Father's healing. He's there, the anointing or the power for healing is present. And I wouldn't dare preach the word. It doesn't diminish the word. It exalts the word because it's, it's also in submission to Christ and to the Father ultimately when we do what he's doing. Enter in to what he's doing. John 1, 2-4. He was in the beginning with God, with the Father and Holy Spirit. All things came into being by him, and apart from him nothing came into being. And here is what I, I want you to hear. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. He's filled with life, and he's filled with light. And the degree to which we allow him to move upon us, that expression of him or that light or life of him will come forth to those around us. John 12, 46. I have come as light into the world that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. Likewise, John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus is equating those two things, light and life. In other words, the glory of, of the Father, the anointing of Holy Spirit, brings forth that resurrection life that you and I need. When instead of crying uncle, we cry Jesus. You know, isn't that the tendency? To look at our, our circumstances, look at our situation and say, oh boy, now what am I going to do? Well, what you need to do is cry out the name of Jesus and see what happens. Good things. So uh, this is how he was saying it to me. As he is, so you and I should be. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine or so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So, what is, it, what is he saying there to us? That we need to be carriers of the light. You were born to make an impact in this world. You weren't born for some ordinary purpose. Do you understand that? You know, not everybody has the same mission in life, but it's for a purpose. It's to bring forth life in the world and light, the light of the Lord and the life of the Lord. And so don't diminish who you are. That's why you don't have to covet somebody else's gift, whether it's a public ministry or not. God has given you a unique mission and your, your mission, if you choose to accept it, don't, 
tan, 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 tan. Just do it. Amen. Number four. You're still with me. I'm rolling right along. He's the power of all things. Verse 3. It says there, he upholds what? All things by the word of his power. Think about that for a moment. He upholds all things by the word of his power. That's why you don't have to worry if the earth is going to stop revolving around the sun. All these things that we can't understand or explain. You don't have to worry whether the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Because he says, sun, come up. And it comes up. And so forth. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Power is released by Holy Spirit when he speaks and when he speaks revelation. Colossians 1.19 For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. What fullness? Everything that emanates from the Father. Like father, like son, we say. It was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him. And that fullness and its power is available to you and I and, and ready to be accessed to accomplish all things for him. I don't know what your all things are, but I know he has some all things for you to do. I don't have to worry about your all things. I've got enough to be concerned with in identifying and implementing the steps to do the all things he has ordained for my life. to accomplish all things for him and for his glory. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. Witnesses of what? Of his truth, his love, his light, and his power, among other things. That wasn't just for then, it's for now. And if any time it was more important than now, I don't know there was, that there was such a time because the world has gone mad. First Thessalonians 5.4, our gospel did not come to you in word only, but in power and the Holy Spirit. And if you go by the accounts, Paul was not very impressive in his presence 
but oh, the power that went forth when he spoke about Christ and the cross and the work of the cross. And we're still hearing that message today because of the work he allowed it to do in his life. The work of the cross. So, Paul's message and ours, 1 Corinthians 2, 4-5, were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. And I, I love it when a plan comes together. And I don't, when I see God use me, I just say, all the glory goes to you. I don't, I don't think I'm anything special, although I am in his eyes. As long as I keep that correct, I never have to worry about the anointing coming upon my life. It's going to continue to flow through me because everything I am, everything I do, I owe to him. So we need to preach Jesus and the power of the cross and his resurrection. 1 Corinthians 1, 23 to 24, and 1 Corinthians 2, 2. And those all talk about, Paul says, I preach Christ and him crucified. In other words, he's preaching the power of the cross. When you preach that message, things are going to happen. You don't have to water down the gospel. You preach the power of the gospel. Of the cross and of his resurrection. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus and the cross. Number five. the Redeemer and ruler of all things. From verse 3, it says, He made purification of sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high of the Father. Right hand of the Father. The majesty on high. Titus 2.14 who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession. Zealous for good deeds. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 talks about being redeemed with the precious blood as of a lamb, unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. And these are just for your study. Hebrews 8, 1, Hebrews 10, 12, 
in Hebrews 12, 2. The last one being uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of faith. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I was getting uh, a lyric from a song uh, from Job 19.25 where Job, Job says, I know my Redeemer lives. And, and the song goes, and what comfort this sentence gives, and so forth. Psalms 93. One and two, the Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord has clothed and girded himself with strength. Indeed, the world is firmly established and it will not be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. And I would say, praise the Lord, for he never changes. He's never any other way. So we need to live fully with his fullness expressed in us and through us. 1 Peter 3.15 talks about sanctifying or setting apart Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. You know, if you know his word, you're never going to be short on words when, this, when a situation presents itself to you. You know, all these scriptures, these just come to me when I'm preparing the word. Because why? They're in me. Because I read the Bible. I believe the Bible. For these 40 years that he's redeemed me from the pit. I read his word. Every year I read through the Bible. So I've read it 40 times in 40 years, at least. And so that's why the word needs to be in here because you're going to need it in this, this coming days to be speaking it into people's lives and speaking it into situations you are going to encounter. Stuff that you're going to go through. You're going to need this word. So you've got to know it. And you've got to be able to have it in your heart and access it when the situation presents itself. Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And as, as often happens, and this is where uh, we're going to invite you to come up. We're going to sing, I cling to the cross. 
you can either come up and sing it or sing it where you are. But then I'm going to anoint those who, uh, with, with fresh fire. See, that's faith. Do you hear what I said? I'm going to anoint you with fresh fire. That's not me. Nothing to do with me. It's just my entering in to what he has spoken. Amen? But this song embodies <coughs> this first introduction, if you will, about where God is going to take us with those two little words, all things. God bless you. <laughs>